0: Hi, welcome to Foresight Exploring Thought and Ambition with Prop and Caden. Um, anything new this week, Caden?
1: Well, I took the SAT. I gained 87 ELO in chess. Okay. I started playing the guitar again. And I read an entire fiction book. Oh, fiction Maybe book.
0: To, like, hold on, it ended on, it on, 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 a, on a, a sour note. But... <laughs> Before we start face falling, <laughs> any of those you want me to expand on? 100% the SAT and getting into guitar.
1: All right. You don't want to hear about the lovely fiction book I read?
2: No, I don't. <laughs> okay,
1: okay I'll, I'll name drop it, All but right. man, I won't go into it. Okay, the SAT, man, this year, I have to, again, be careful what I say, so I don't get my score. You
0: pen, you um, pen, listen in.
1: Deleted by College Board, but um, the SAT this year, everyone – the sort of felt like the reading and writing section was pretty easy.
2: Mm.
1: Uh, myself included, I thought it was it wasn't too bad. The history passage, which is usually the the bad one for me, this year it was actually it wasn't too bad. It was mostly in uh, I don't know modern English, so I didn't have to try to decipher the meaning.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In it. so I felt I felt like the reading and writing parts were pretty strong, but then like the math section, I always feel like. On the PSAT that I took at the high school, and now this SAT too, the math section is so much harder than what's on Khan Academy. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's just the pressure, but I think the questions are certifiably harder. Like on the no calculator section, at the very end, I had a very hard, like it was the last problem. Oh, so I need to tell you the changes that they made to the SAT. I have to sort of structure this a little bit. So as you know, it was digital this year so the high school rounded up what 500 chromebooks for the junior class and so
0: dude uh, that, i don't like this at all taking the sat on chromebooks on digital i hate online tests so much i hate i hate computer tests <laughs> i wish so much they would keep in the paper format <sighs>
1: yeah but i'll tell you there was positives like there were serious positives of having it on the I think I might be pro-digital after this SAT. really and I'll explain to you why first off, the only downside of taking, of taking it digital, or at least in my experience, was that the Chromebook it had the scroll it, it was inverted, so I had to scroll like up, I guess to get it to go down. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was just like reversed as what it normally well, was. Yeah, yeah, so just, you have to scroll
0: up passage, for it to go down yeah oh that, that, that that's my normal.
1: No okay well then I had to scroll down I had to scroll down for it to go up you get the idea it was just reversed okay, yeah, from yeah. what it is literally everywhere else mm-hmm. it was okay. reversed so when I'm on a reading passage and I'm reading it you know I'm sitting there reading it, and I go to scroll down further and I just scroll back up to the top of the passage and <laughs> shoot and of course it has a sensitivity like all the way up but maybe that was just my Chromebook okay.
0: I don't know. and and, and, so, and so this is why you you love the digital SAT now because it's inverted
1: now, see that's why that's my excuse for if I don't do good on the reading section okay but other okay, than fair. that. So, you know, when it uh, gives you examples from the passage, like lines, you know, 11 through Mm -hmm. 18. It's like, which of these uh, sentences provides evidence, right? Yeah. It had them highlighted on the passage in yellow. Mm. The different things. It was, that was super clean. Okay. So, when it wanted you to find the evidence, instead of having to search through the line numbers, it just had each one highlighted. That Mm. was really cool.
2: That's kind of cool. Another
1: thing. When when you click to go to the next section on the writing portion, it instantly brought you to where it was in the passage that you needed to be. So, I mean, usually it's pretty linear, right? You do the first, like, because you're on the writing section, has about one, two, three, four, five, all throughout the passage Mm. where you're going to be making the edits. But uh, it just scrolled down a little bit for you automatically to the next one. Mm but for me just the part on the right on the on the reading section because i actually finished the reading section with good time and this is like the first time that's ever happened to me and i think it was because they automatically highlighted like the parts of the passage they were they were referring to as well as when they had when it gave you like a paragraph and like what was the purpose of this paragraph it had that paragraph highlighted so i thought that was really cool mm. and for me that that alone sort of outweighs the cons of having to take it online Oh, really I, I mean I would say Chromebooks died like their Chromebooks died during the test I heard that
0: happen how many people so uh like half of a class the Chromebooks died Wow so. and and so did they like plug it back in did they like they come right back up? yeah I like think that, I had like that sucks. Up ones on
1: standby that they brought back in but
0: yeah dude even if that was like a five minute delay that's like terrible for the SAT I mean yeah.
1: Well, they didn't lose time on the section, I don't think, but yeah. be.
0: Is, isn't there like an overall time limit? So when they say like done, then everyone's finished. Well, Or, 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 or did those guys get like school, more minutes?
1: The way it was on my school is like each class sort of started at its own time. Cause like a class might have problems, mm-hmm. right? But then on your computer, when you started the section, when the teacher like gave you access, there would be a little clock in the top. Of gotcha, it, which gotcha. is another great thing okay. because before the teachers were supposed to give you like a 10 and five minute, like, Oh, you have five minutes left on this thing. When I was taking the PSAT, the teacher like didn't do that on at least one of the sections. Mm. They didn't give a five minute warning. Like, Oh, you guess I have like one minute. It's like, what? Damn. but now you have the clock up there the whole time. And okay. if you don't want the clock up there, if it adds pressure, you can click on it and it will like make it disappear.
0: That is actually a very good <laughs> pro. That is why. Okay, so I mean, I, I think I think my main problems is that it's not that I have a huge issue with electronic. It's just I feel I do so much better on paper. Math I do so much better, and I I have truly have no idea how. But on reading, I, I know how. It's, I get fatigued so fast reading online documents, whether that's like a like a PDF, like an online book, or like a passage. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, on a computer, I get fatigued so fast, but on paper, I can just read and read and read and be like, you know, on, on high gear the entire time. But like on computer, I've noticed this so much. Every test assessment I do, I will read like halfway through the second paragraph and I'll just lose it and I'll have to start again. And I don't know why I just, because you know, when you're reading and you just forget to actually pay attention and you realize you're just looking at the words that happens Mm -hmm. all the time on computer tests for me. On, on, on paper doesn't happen so do you
1: feel like you're fully focused when you're reading it or, do you, or is your mind like wandering
0: yeah it's i i, I don't feel fully focused that, that that's the problem i i mean I, I guess i feel fully focused but at the end of the paragraph i'll be like man what did i just read and i'll realize i was not fully focused so yeah. it's I, I don't know how how to cure that how to solve that um take
1: more online SATs i guess I, on, and, um, and that's yeah. the thing I,
0: I always practice on um On my computer and always works out fine, but um, keep in mind I have not taken the SAT. I've not taken a full length SAT um, on the computer, but and and plus even if I did take like a full length PSAT on the computer, I feel like I do okay because I'm not under that you know pressure and stress. But I feel like if I was under that, I would much rather do um, on paper because before in the past um, the computer tests I've done are like. The the state tests like um I mm-hmm. learn uh what, do, what what do you call this yeah yeah NWA those kinds of things and it was just I got so fatigued so fast so mm-hmm. I I guess was is is this year the first year they're doing it
1: uh I think this was the first year that they like rolled it out officially in the SAT mm-hmm. I think last year they were doing it on like the islands and in places outside of the United States just to like mm. give a test run. Gotcha. But yeah, it's going to be online from now on. So you have a year to, I don't know, build up your endurance.
0: Okay. Okay. That's, should be manageable. Okay. So yeah, how, how, how would you compare, compare overall compared to like the PSATs you've taken? Difficulty wise? Yeah. Yeah. Or, um,
1: the reading and writing, it was the exact same. Mm. So if you did perfect on your PSAT reading and writing, you'll do very well in the SAT reading, right? The math section, there weren't any new concepts, but I feel like yeah, there weren't really any new concepts. And this might just be a specific test type thing, but there were some extremely difficult geometry questions mm. on this SAT. And I remember looking at something, and it was talking about the probability of getting different uh, types of math questions on the test. Like, oh, you've got... like. A seventy-five percent chance of getting one about like complex numbers, or a seventy-five percent chance of getting one about dividing polynomials, mm-hmm. like etc.
2: Okay.
1: And like it, I saw that geometry wasn't even like seventy-five percent that it was going to be on the test. So you might you might go through the entire math section without getting a geometry problem. You know what I'm talking about? So mm-hmm. okay.
0: And gotcha. then when I
1: took it, and there were three super hard geology problems I yeah, yeah. I, I, so, I
0: remember you you texting me a week before the SAT saying like I suck at geometry problem problems so much like <laughs> so yeah.
1: I took geometry normal online
0: open makes milk. sense makes sense <laughs> yeah yeah
1: so thankfully I think I think I got two of the geometry problems
0: I I, no, I know just um, nothing, I, right? I I just had a, a quick question are you taking AP Calc BC next year Yes. BC, got you. Okay. I I, I probably will, too. We'll, we'll, we'll see if, if the school accepts my dual credit pre-calc. I heard there were some requirements about honors pre-calc and whatnot. But, yeah, that, that's, it'll, that's it'll pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Guitar. Guitar. Getting into guitar. What? Okay. I didn't know you had a guitar.
1: Well, yeah, I played guitar. Well, I wouldn't say I played guitar, but I have two. All right, hold on, let me think. I think we have four guitars in my house, but mm-hmm. there's only two that are uh, public domain. One of them is technically a bass guitar. It's my sister's. She she doesn't play it. Mm. And then we have one uh, normal, just acoustic guitar, like think country music, you know. And then we have two classical guitars, which is again it's like the country music uh, shape and everything, but it's just softer strings and it's made for, but uh, well, not basically it's not made for strumming as much as it is as much as it is for plucking with your fingers. Mm. So. I played guitar for a while, but I never really had a, like that much of a passion for it. Gotcha. I just learned songs that I wanted to learn. And I, I haven't played it in so long. And then I was in the front room. And I saw the guitar sitting there just gathering dust. I was like, "Hmm, I wonder if I still remember, remember the song I used to play. I picked it up I started playing it. And I was like, wow, this is beautiful. Like, I, I, I genuinely don't remember why I stopped playing guitar.
0: Gotcha. Yeah.
1: So I've just been like, playing that song and relearning it. Cause I didn't finish that song. It's called uh merry-go-round of life. It's from the movie Howl's moving castle, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And so I never finished the song. I got, I think like 75% of the way through. And then it got to like an, a, a section where you like do something called acoustics, I think, or it's like when you're pretty much tapping the guitar and strumming it. I was like, yeah, I don't want to learn that. Gotcha. So I, I think maybe that's why I stopped playing that specific song, but
2: hmm.
1: I, I picked it back up and now I have like a dedication to finish it. Yeah.
0: yeah, That's, that, that, that's interesting for sure. I mean, guitar is a, it's an instrument I've dude. like, I've, I've always wanted to be good at the guitar, but I've never wanted to put the work into learning how to play an instrument. Like I would, if I had to pick an, an instrument to be really good at, I would pick the guitar. Cause I think it just so good at impressing people so quickly, but I would just, I, I just can't put in the work of learning like a string instrument because after my experience with the violin, I was, dude, you don't know I how, you don't know how passionate I was in the first year of playing the violin. I just, it just just the bow rubbing into string and making like um, vibrations, it was just so appealing to me and I just wanted to do it so badly. And so the first year stop? was, what what'd what you say? Why'd you stop? Dude, I mean, it just became tedious. I I just didn't enjoy it. After the first year, all the joy of just, you know, saying I play a violin, it just faded away. And I just – I'm just like, okay, this isn't going anywhere. I was good, but I'm not great. And, you know, you have to be – if you if you want to make some kind of impact with the instrument you're playing, you have to be really good and be willing to put in a lot of work you know, to be good at it, to have some kind of, you know, material impact, right? And mm-hmm. I just figured, like, I'm not going to put in that kind of time into learning how to play an instrument. And so, I yeah, I quit um, – in eighth grade and so yeah i have not looked back but the one thing i did quit that i i'm i asked myself why is, is youtube i was like every time I, I edit the pod i'm like man i like editing why did i why did i quit posting on youtube i i had a good thing going i had close to 2,000 subscribers i, I should have kept going I, I had some good momentum built up and so i asked myself that every day and so that's the one thing i um you know uh, like you i regret not continuing, but yeah.
1: well, you know. maybe like me, you can pick it back up. Maybe. maybe, we'll see. Yeah. But those are the things that I've started doing or changed this week. Oh, and I read a fiction book. Here's the Don't, story even the Don't even tell me the name.
0: Don't even tell me the name.
1: Here's the story behind it. So okay. it's the day before the SAT. All right. I go to the library. My plan is I'm going to do some reading passages, some history passages. And I'm just going to get fully locked in. Mm-hmm. And so I go to the library, library. I, I go and I sit down at this and I pull out my laptop. And for some context, at this point, I pro- probably already done like seven full history passages like that day. Mm. Right. So I, I feel like I might have been over studying.
0: So yeah. when I got to the library,
1: I pulled out my computer and I started reading it. I had no mental focus. Like, mm. I was like you. I just could not like read the passage all the way through and answer these questions about it. I was mentally fatigued. Gotcha. Right? And I was sitting there thinking and I was like, Well, it makes sense because I've done so many like history reading passages today. I got fully like worn like my brain all the way out for this day. Right. Because mm-hmm. that, that's what happens. If you like make so many decisions, if you focus so much during a day, you can like run yeah. it out. Right. And so I was like, Well, I'm at the library and I just got there and I couldn't even get through one passage. So I was like, I guess I'm just gonna try to relax my brain and just start like just start relaxing. For tomorrow, because you know, tomorrow is the SAT. Gotcha. So I, I just started walking around the library trying to like find something to read. Mm-hmm. And I just found it I found a book, it had an interesting cover and I read it. It's called it was called Killer Come Hither.
0: Killer Come Hither. It about,
1: yeah. It was about a Marine and you know, life is good, except like, you know, he got shot in the hip or whatever, mm-hmm. and he can't be back in the Marines. But so he's he's back on the home turf, right? Uh, his uncle gets killed or his uncle kills himself. I just spoiled it. His uncle kills himself. He looks into it. It's like, yeah, his uncle wouldn't have killed himself. He had like a really close relationship with his uncle. So he starts looking into it. And, you know, obviously there's a whole conspiracy and he unravels it and wins, you know wow so that was pretty much the book it was so straightforward though there were no twists i'm so used to a book having some like nuance or some twist mm-hmm. but no in this book literally the guy who acted like he was the bad guy he was just like a really bad person he actually was the bad guy <laughs> and the person who was his fiancee and was like really into him and everything like she was just really into him <laughs> you know
0: like there was no like that is also like like I would say that's the probably the biggest twist any book can have. Have no twist, just be straightforward. Because you always because you always expect it to be not what you're expecting. Because like all these movies and books that we've seen a million times. That is a book I may read. Okay. It, yeah.
1: It was crazy though, because this whole time I'm sitting there waiting for like the fiance to like stab him in the back or something. <laughs> like, there's no way that somebody can be like this. But no, the book just like goes on and like it was it's was so crazy. There's uh. this like the guy who he thinks killed his uncle, right, he thinks he's, like, still in the area. And when he's jogging on the beach, there's this guy who's, like, jogging behind him
2: mm-hmm. with, like,
1: a like a, with like a with mask thing on. And he's, like, very suspicious. And he's, like, yeah, that might be the guy who killed my uncle. Mm-hmm. I was, like, no, there's no way that it's, like, that serious. There's no way, like, no, that was the guy who killed his uncle. He's just <laughs> jogging behind him on the beach, like, stopping him. Like, this was the most straightforward <laughs> book I've ever read. Like, there was not a single twist. Wow. it was so like
0: strange i
1: mean
0: yeah, that, it was all right yeah yeah sounds all right i mean i mean the second you said like a marine who got shot in the hip and like now he's back i'm like man this is the plot of every movie ever made <laughs> i'm like but yeah seems 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 unique so yeah uh, so yeah that's it how about you problem how was your week i know i rambled a bit um oh no I was, I was fine i um mm-hmm. Nothing not as special as yours. I didn't take SAT, pick up a new instrument, or read a fictional book. Not a, new not a
1: new instrument, yeah, not yeah, new but,
0: instrument, yeah. Um, yeah, feeling a complete lack of motivation. And the first day of the week, I mean, I remember you talking about this exact thing two weeks ago. Um, but yeah, I remembered what um, you know. Every, everyone says, and hey, don't rely on motivation. Don't rely on how you feel. Uh, you know, society doesn't care about what you feel. Just perform anyway. And so I, I took that in mind and I, I kept working and I realized the more I worked, the more motivation I felt. And so it got progressively better as the week went on. And yeah, that's 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 it for my week, man. Just doing the same things consistently. I have some advice.
1: I've some advice for you. Okay. A wise man once told me, Focus on the process. <laughs> Find fulfillment in your work. I knew it. I I knew uh, it. Go through every body part and relax. Oh, no, that was about going to bed. <laughs> but that, that's what you were telling me last. The, the podcast, of course. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. So yeah, hey, yeah. focused
1: on the process. Oh. So sorry. So your week, you know, it started out. You were kind of at a low, but you built yourself up. You feel mm-hmm. better off at the end of the week than you were at the beginning.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah, no doubt about good. it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. So yeah, I feel, I feel so oh. much better now. I, I mean, I'm. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've been feeling like a bit just, just not feeling myself. Just not feeling myself lately. And I, I think it's because I'm not doing enough. I, re- I realized this because um I'm, by not feeling myself, I've been feeling like pretty okay, not you know too motivated. Just for the past two or three weeks, I'm not really feeling too energetic, ready to do things. Just, but I saw this one YouTube short and it got me thinking. Okay, it, the, the YouTube short was um I, I've been only spending a bit of time, but it said um it was it was kind of like like a joking thing, a joke video. It said um when when the when the six oh um, D1 athlete who plays like three sports, is in like founded four clubs, has a 5.0 GPA and does all these things. And they still go to parties on the weekend. And I'm like, dang, like that. I do know people like that at my school who just seem to do everything and they seem to be super happy as well. And I'm like, maybe it's just always being active. Maybe it's just always doing things. And so this reminded me of something also I read another day. It said, um, uh, unhappiness is like gravity, right? No matter what happens, um, unhappiness is always going to come into your life, right? If you do nothing and just keep going, right? Someone's going to die, right? Someone you love is going to die, you know? If you just don't do anything, you're going to lose your job, right? So no matter, no matter what happens in life, unhappiness and bad things are guaranteed to happen to you, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Good things are never guaranteed, but you have to mm-hmm. create the good things by always taking action, always moving ahead. That way, it's very hard for unhappiness to catch you because it's like gravity, right? Like, mm-hmm. And um, said speed defies gravity. So the faster you move, the more things you're doing, the more you're constantly moving forward, right, um, the happier you are uh, most of the time. And the more you're engaged and active, um, the less you are to be, you know, super unhappy because you have less time mm. to like – I mean, I, I didn't read this, but um, I personally feel like because you have less time to just dwell on things and just – um, yeah, just think too much and get mm. um, oversaturated thinking about random things that don't matter. So I feel like I'm going to start – doing more things, being more active, working more. Um, even if I feel a bit down, sometimes just getting my computer, finding things to do, um, finding work to complete and engaging myself more. So hmm. and it's a finding. It so, yeah. yeah,
1: well, you want to make sure that you don't try to, you know, run away from unhappiness. Cause like, like you said, that's, it's inevitable, right? That's yeah. a part of life. What was it? Someone said, like, being human is being or like suffering or like existing is suffering or something. No, oh, yeah, like that. It was, well, was it was it
0: the, the the Buddha? Was it? Yeah, I think it was Buddhist. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was, it was, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. Either living or suffering. Oh, no, it was, it was. Desire is the root of all suffering, and, and most of the time people suffer because they have too many desires. That is a topic for like a whole nother day, but yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I have something I need to ask you. Yeah. Okay. I have been getting horrible, horrible sleep. Okay. Horrible. sleep. So I need to ask. Horrible sleep. Like horrible. Uh, after the so actually on Wednesday, Wednesday night, the night before the SAT, I was like, it was actually like bad sleep. Hey. But I, don't, I don't feel like that really affected the SAT because I woke up the next day. I got I got the right amount of sleep, but I felt like it was really low quality. But hey. I wasn't wearing my watch, my like fitness tracking watch, so I didn't get to see like the sleep stuff. And I haven't been wearing it recently, so I have to start doing that again. But. Oh, I've just been having really, really bad sleep recently. Hmm. So like quality of sleep, like like, a, like, sleep. like you wake
0: up and just feel like you didn't get a good night's rest.
1: Yeah, like I'm I'm tossing and turning, and it takes me like forty minutes to go to bed. Really, I, and I've been trying. You need to explain to me a little bit more thoroughly. Like the I like go through every. Body I
0: body. I wish I could explain my technique. For those of you who don't know, like a couple podcasts ago, I explained to Caden my technique of falling asleep fast, which is a military technique. And it was just starting from um, either your head to toe or toe to head, but yeah, I think it's toe to head. Start or starting from head to toe, and just feeling every part of your body, and just relaxing and helping to sink into your bed. And so, um, I, I honestly don't know how to explain it more in depth because this is all I do. I just I do exactly what it said on that Twitter feed I read. I just let, let each part of my body just sink into the bed and feel it, and just make sure everything is still as possible. And I'm I'm asleep. And I, yeah,
1: you, you just.
0: I know I'm, I said the exact done same that thing multiple but...
1: times over. I'm laying in my bed, just like relaxing every part of my body. I'm really? still just laying there, and I'll just do it again. And yeah, <laughs> I, I'm just awake still.
0: Wow, I'm I'm honestly not sure because I I don't think I I do anything. Or at least I don't do anything consciously more than what I explained to you and what I read <sighs> online. So I mean, uh-huh. f- f- in, for me, quality of sleep, I always had the same quality of sleep. I I truly don't think I've ever had a, you know, like, oh, I didn't sleep well last night or it was bad sleep. It's either I get a lot of sleep or I get a little bit of sleep or I get a, an okay amount of sleep. I, I don't think my no, quality me, of sleep has ever been affected. I
1: mean, I define quality of sleep as just like tossing and turning and not being able to go to bed like mm. pretty quickly, you
0: know. but that's So is it like during sleep you're tossing and turning or like in the process of going to sleep? the
1: process of going to sleep you know i when i'm asleep i don't know if i'm turning around or anything mm -hmm. but when i'm going to sleep i'll be laying there and like right before i'm going to sleep i'll just be like super uncomfortable and maybe my pillow is too warm so i'll flip over to the other side you know maybe turn in my bed and i would lay there and then i turn back over and it's just that for Mm -hmm. like an hour like literally an hour i was in my bed yesterday that
0: that honestly might just be temperature Cause yeah, cause yeah, cause, cause sometimes I'm feeling like I'm feeling a bit too stuffy in bed, and I'll just open the window, and that bit of breeze just just makes everything perfect, and and the pillow gets super cold, my head is like cold, cause everything else is um under under the, the comforter, right? Um, only my neck and my head is exposed, so if that's cold, right, and like you know, I'll I'll waft the blanket up and down to get like that cool air from the window in there, cause cause the window's right behind my head, right? So yeah. let that cool air in, and that just makes everything perfect. It's bliss, mm-hmm. letting that cool air in. So I suggest maybe I will, doing that. I'll
1: do that. I'll open my window up a little bit. Yeah. I've got a screen, so
0: no mm-hmm. bugs. But yeah, And that outside breeze, like, it's so good for sleeping. It's like that noise is amazing. So I love that. Okay. Definitely I'll try, that. That. I'll try that. I need something to try because mm-hmm. I'm desperate at this point. Do you, do you use white noise, like something you play on your phone or, or something like that? No. Yeah maybe yeah, maybe try white noise when you play on your phone or just a fan like every night while i sleep i have like a fan um next to my bed it mm-hmm. doesn't even point towards me just pointed the other way and i just turn it on for for white noise so i can sleep better so i don't know uh yeah a lot of people use white noise so it's probably something you want to try all right i'll do that
1: is.
0: okay shall we get on with the 10 laws the main segment yes um, so today we're doing, um, if you haven't checked it out, the last episode we talked about the preface of the 48 Laws of Power. This episode, we're going over the first 10 laws in the 48 Laws of Power, kind of analyzing each one, what we think about it and etc. cetera. So first law. Never outshine the master. Judgment. Always make those above you feel comfortably superior in your desire to please and impress them. Do not go too far in displaying your talents or you might accomplish the opposite. Inspire fear and insecurity. Make your masters appear more brilliant than they are, and you will attain the heights of power. I honestly think this is maybe one of the least applicable things um, in modern day in this book, at least in the first 10 loss. I do not think it's very applicable.
1: Wow. Wow. I feel like this one is pretty applicable, actually. Really? Hmm. not in the Not in the sense that, like, you're going to get beheaded for like out, out doing your King or anything. But I feel like there are a lot of people out there who are insecure and like they, maybe they don't, they don't feel like they deserve like the, the job or the role that they have. Mm. So if, if you're working below them, like imagine like a situation where, you know, you're just working in a firm or a corporation and, you know, you're performing really well and everything like you need to make sure that you're not like, I guess,
0: but I the the way I thought about it was that in in a lot of scenarios now today, it doesn't matter what the person above you like directly above you thinks about you. It's the people. It's the person. It's it's the people who have the power to put you to the next level, which are people above the person who's above you. Who's above you? You know what I mean? Because back then it was like because the examples even that he has is that you know you're you're like the 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 exact example was one of a finance minister through this extravagant party um, which ended up, um, which everyone loved and just, it was amazing. And, um, it ended up kind of, um, insulting the um, Louis, the ego and, you know, making him feel like, you know, he doesn't throw the best parties. And so he ends up either getting banished or, or killed because he threw that amazing party and every, everyone, um, and, and he felt very jealous. And so I, I don't think it's very applicable today because th- the way I thought about it was in something like, um, maybe like politics or wanting to get, elected to the next position because most things nowadays are like in a democracy format right and so and so and this is more of like a dictatorship slash king thing like if you insult the king you're dead that, that, that's kind of that's kind of the thing that um the perspective that he's coming from i'm thinking yeah. like okay if i want to get to a position of power i have to do everything to make the board of directors like me or like the so we gonna elect me to make the people like me and like cuz that's how most of the things work nowadays, right? So, I think um to, I think to do that, you do have to outshine someone who um is above you, right? In in some circumstances. You have to look better than them. You have to act better than them. You have to you have to make people agree that okay, he is better for the position of power than this person. If he's performing on a level that's, you know, equivalent to the, to those above him or even better than those above him, then he should definitely be in that position, if not higher. So I think in um, you know in that term it is very good to um, sometimes outshine the master because because what's the worst that can happen? You you're gonna insult someone's exactly you yeah. can you can because uh, because back then you know every example in this book yeah, most of them the worst that can happen is death right it's it's yeah so it's it's very risky and yeah you, yeah you're gonna have to follow these things but now the, the worst that's gonna happen is that you're gonna insult someone um, above you's ego and most of the time that person who's um you know directly above you doesn't have the impact to like fire you or ruin your life or do anything bad to you so yeah
1: i agree i think in that sense of reading i agree i'd say it's definitely like d or like f tier in the sense that like you want to try to outshine the people who are you want to like you want to like, stand up like right now in uh, our non-dictatorship uh Civilization, that's a very good thing to do. Mm-hmm. But as far as if you sort of like, oh, by the way, the example in this uh chapter with uh Leon or what's his name? Louis the yeah. Fourteenth. Yeah. There is a movie. It's called The Three Musketeers. Mm-hmm. And it has Leonardo DiCaprio who plays Louis the Fourteenth. And it's mm-hmm. like super young. Like he's literally like a kid, like a child.
0: Really? Yeah. He was that young
1: man. So happened. maybe since you're a Leonardo DiCaprio fanboy, mm-hmm. maybe check it out. I watched it in French class. French but, thing um, as well. Yeah, it's like a French thing, I guess, but anyway, back, back on topic, it, I feel like if you read it through, the, through like the sort of lens that you need to like keep an eye out for people who have like a big ego or, or like, are very vain or insecure because like and try not to uh, do things specifically to like out them or to be like, hey, I'm better than you. Mm. Right. Because then you're just going to create like they're just going to not like you. And Sometimes people can be petty. Like if your boss really doesn't like you because you're doing better than him, he has a better connection to the the boss boss in, in your example, mm-hmm. right? Like he can be, he can go up and start lying, you know, be deceitful, as he yeah. likes to say.
0: Yeah, 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 so, yeah, true. I mean, yeah, maybe more like, um, like maybe in an environment where the only person above you is, is like the boss. So, so, so maybe an example is like, is... For example, like a movie theater or like a restaurant, right? Like, like let's say you're like, um, there's a manager of the restaurant who like, whose position you at one point want to take over, and then and then there's you who's who's underneath them, and the manager reports to you know corporate and all these big guys. It's, yes, so let's say it's a it's a franchise that's in the state of Indiana, right? And that boss who's ahead of you. Um, or that manager, right? You're gonna want to be very. You're gonna want to appease him and make him like you as much as possible, because his opinion about you is what determines where you go, like um, in that business. Because because if you appease him, if if you say things that um, that makes him appreciate you, I, one thing I read in this book that I think can really be used is is when um, here, I'll, I'll, I'll read the quote. It was on page um, six. He said, discreet flattery is much more powerful. If you are more intelligent than your master, for example, seem the opposite. Make him appear more intelligent than you. Act naive. Make it seem you need his expertise. Commit harmless mistakes that will not hurt you in the long run, but will give you the chance to ask for his help. Masters adore such requests. A master who cannot bestow on you the gifts of his expertise, of his experience, may direct rancor and ill will at you instead. So I think this can be used. So for example, here's what I was thinking just in this last second, right? Let's say you're working in like a movie theater and, like, and, um, and you want to become the manager at one point. And so you have to appease to the manager of that movie theater so that he will report to corporate and be like, okay, he, um, this guy underneath me, he's a great guy and I want him to be the manager of the next branch we open because he's just that great. and I think he's deserving of that position. If you want to get your manager to say that, I think a lot of the things in this book can, it can help. Um, you know, asking them for help. because so I feel like if you ask someone for help and that person gives you advice and teaches you, that'd be like them bestowing their experience and their advice and their wisdom upon you. And so by extension, that kind of makes them look at you as kind of a, an extension of themselves. Cause okay, I've been teaching this guy, all these things and, I, and he's been learning from me. So I think, you know, since he's a reflection of me and I've taught him good things, I think I should recommend him. I think he's a good guy. I think I think that's a little bit
1: deep on like the analysis of like the psychology of what's going on there. Maybe but I, I, I think if it's if applicable. You're situation, if you're in a situation where you're working directly under your master or directly under someone who has full control of your job or other aspects of your life, then you know you might want to suck up to them rather than try to outshine them. Mm, right. Yeah, yeah. So overall, like what would you sort of rank this law? From the yeah, S S so yeah, tier.
0: S S to F tier. Um, I would say, yes. I would say it, it would be between B and C tier, because I feel like yeah. C is a bit too low and B is like a bit too high. But since I
1: have an interpretation, yeah, between C and B.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I probably probably C, because in terms of like how okay. applicable it is today, I'd say I'd say a C tier law, okay. but. Yeah, I mean, it was worded pretty well, a, a pretty good intro chapter, I guess. I like the example he gave um, with, who was it? Was it, le- was it Galileo, right? Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he gave the example of how um, Galileo to kind of suck up to the Medici's and get, a le- um, and get a full-time salary and make life better yeah. for himself. He said, like, the reason the planets and the moons and the way, the way they are is because of the, uh, the, uh, the greatness of the Medici family. And, and the heavens are like, you know, reflect um, the Medici's and how great they are and whatnot. And so, by doing this, they hired him and they gave him a full-time salary. They gave him yeah. all these awards <laughs> and prizes. And so, I thought, huh, that's, yeah. that's actually not bad. That? that's a good example. So, see, 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 law number two.
1: Number two. Never put too much trust in friends. Learn how to use enemies. Yeah. All right. Overall, like at the outset, what do you think about this law?
0: you think it's applicable man i i i don't know cuz cuz some of his reasoning for why you should never i do i don't agree too much with his reasoning of never put too much trust in friends cuz cuz yeah. he cuz he said like um you know most of the time friends they're not honest to each other right like you don't you don't know too much of, about your friend because they always hide their intentions from you and you can never be honest with a friend because you're scared that's going to hurt your friendship You're scared. It's going to hurt their feelings and friends are, um, are not honest with each other. So because you guys have such a loving and friendly relationship, they can easily take advantage of that and, um, Mm -hmm. wreak havoc upon your life. And you should always, um, be wary of this and you should use enemies because it's clear what their intentions are and all these things. But honestly, I, I mean, I, I might just be expressing my view on this in a different way because I'm this way. And so that's, that's how, you know, the world reflects to me, I guess. But I'm always completely honest with everyone around me on, on what I yeah. – I'm, I'm not completely, but with my friends who I consider my friends, I'm going to be honest with them. And the friends I have, I know they're going to be honest with me. Right? I, I am not friends with people who will, who will lie to me to make me feel better or like you know just, just prop me up because um, my friends are, are equals or above me. And so I know that, that they're going to like point me out of my BS like when it happens, right? And they're going to tell me yeah. like what's wrong with me and what I can do better and where I failed and what's terrible. So I always have <laughs> friends that are gonna be honest with me and I think mm-hmm. I can be honest with them. And if I don't think that we can have that relationship, then they're most likely not my friend. And so mm-hmm. in my scenario, I do not agree with this. Never put too much trust in friends. I think if I can't put so much trust in you, then you're not my friend, you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: So. You're an acquaintance. I'm yeah, yeah, you're an right. acquaintance, exactly. Yeah, I feel like real friends, you need to have people that you can, like, I don't know, be honest to. And as long as you're not, like, a, a horrible, deceitful, bad person, they're probably going to reflect those feelings towards you and be like, um, yeah, I agree with that. The thing for me that I thought was kind of strange is that he says, if you have no enemies, make yeah. make Yeah. That is so strange to me. As a person who doesn't have any enemies or ops, as they call them, Yeah, I I, don't know, I find that like, kind of strange.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah, because I I, I think his reasoning behind that was because it says right here, without enemies around us, we grow lazy. An enemy at our heels sharpens our wits, keeping us focused and alert. And then like – Yeah, here's my thoughts.
1: Yeah. You're your own worst enemy, you know? So I, what do you think about that? You're I'm your own worst myself,
2: enemy?
1: Yeah, I'm keeping myself sharp. I'm keeping myself witty, right? <laughs> but uh, seriously, I, I think – I don't know how much re- – like, it would have to be a lot of very concrete reasoning to make me believe that I should go out there and pick a fight with someone to become my enemy.
2: Yeah.
0: Right? that like, Some
1: of the things this book advocates is very questionable. <laughs> like,
0: exactly why it's so like, incredibly popular. Yeah. But, PG. yeah, I, I mean, uh, an- another reasoning is because um, – uh, you, you can use your enemy as like a, a good versus evil fight and you can use your enemy to like strength, strengthen your political position, which was yeah, very I'm big sure. back in the day. And so, um, you know, it, it gives you something to like, you know, tell the crowd and be like, they're the enemy. We're going to tap, attack them. And it gives you a plan to focus on and having clear enemies can give you clear goals. Um, but, but then again, he says, you can use your enemies and it gives an example, um, of, of people who ended up working together after they were enemies i i don't know how applicable that is like i honestly like w- would you trust someone okay because enemy it, enemy is a strong word right that's someone mm-hmm. who has like a grudge against you and wants to do yeah, evil personal a, a personal evil to you or like your cause that that's what an enemy is and so to say you know we're gonna put our um yeah there there's a line somewhere here um yeah whenever whenever mm-hmm. you can bury the hatchet with an enemy and make a point of putting him in your service Is it really possible to bury the hatchet with your enemy and truly find, like, a relationship with each other that's beneficial to you both after you were, like, enemies for 10 years or something? Is is that – Yeah. I don't – I, of course, like, haven't had that kind of relationship. Like, you know, enemies turn friends. I don't even know if I have any enemies right now that I can, like, use in some kind of way. Definitely a, a more confusing chapter. And I don't know if I agree with his reasoning. At least in the previous chapter, his reasoning was like, "Okay, that 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 makes sense." Even though it's not, you know, mm-hmm. fully applicable now, right? His reasoning makes sense. But in this one, I I don't know if his reasoning is um, makes sense to me, especially with the um, uh, don't trust your friends part.
1: Yeah, there was another just to add on to the barrage of like question, like interesting things. Let's say. In this chapter in one part he's talking about pretty much how you shouldn't be friends with skilled and competent people you should just like work with them instead so he says if you're in like a working relationship with your friends like it's just not going to work out for mm, you yeah them. yeah, like, yeah the really. friendship is going to fall out so he says keep friends for friendship but work with the skilled and competent so that makes me think like are you, is he saying to not become friends with people
0: who are skilled and competent? Or like, mm, I, I, yeah, I, I guess be friends with people who are skilled and confident and competent, but don't like work with them. I, I guess that's one of the more reasonable things he says in the chapter, as in, like, you know, keep oh, yeah, keep friends true. as friends and, um, you know, you know, work is work, you know, work with people who are like skilled and competent. Don't be like friends with them necessarily. Um, but yeah, keep your personal life aside. That's one thing I can, um, more on, like, uh, understand where he's coming from and be like, okay, that is a reasonable thing to say. So, yeah. Oh, and, and the reversal at, at the end when he talks about, like, you can use your friend as a convenient scapegoat. That is some, like, like next level dickhead stuff. All right. Uh, like, <laughs> um, it, yeah. A, a man of power, for example, often has dirty work that has to be done. But for the sake of appearances, it is generally favor- preferable to have other people do it for him. Friends often do this the best, since their affection for him makes them willing to take the chances. Also, if your plans go awry for some reason, you can, you, you can use awry is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. If you, if your plans go awry for some reason, you can use a friend as a convenient scapegoat.
1: Yeah. I don't think Robert Green understands what a friend is. Like, I wonder if this man has had a friend before. I feel bad for him, but that's like... it's funny, yeah. <laughs> uh, if anything, I think if you can take something away from this chapter, is just to be weary of the people around you, even the people you trust. Yeah. Right? So, I don't know. Your friend might be a Robert Green enthusiast, I guess. True. So you got to keep your eye out. What do you think? So on the ranking scale... Tier 1? I guess I want to see actually. So I feel like like it's just telling you to just be cautious of the people around you. You know, be critical. I guess. I I I, 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 I see. I I don't think he was going for like the, the be critical because. No, <laughs> but if you boil off pretty much all of his input, mm-hmm. or I, I don't want to say that, but if you, I mean, you can take something away from it, right? Okay, yeah. Um, I mean, maybe I
0: would say I I would say D because. Um, because even though the examples, I I don't know how, like, you know, universal or widespread the examples are, to be honest. Um, I, I I might be wrong. Someone might like, of course, uh, read this and be like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I have all these ideas of, you know, why making an enemy would be a great idea and how I can use my enemies for my own benefit. I unfortunately am not able to, you know, conjure that kind of perspective right now. So I have to say D. Cause I, cause I, I thought about this chapter a lot and I'm like, I, I don't know how I would, how I would use this because I, I think the problem stems from the fact that he has a different, you know, um, uh, definition of friend than I do. So everything he says about friends and, you know, why they're bad and how to use them and how like not to work with them. I can't exactly agree with cause, cause, cause the difference in what it means for both of us. So mm-hmm. yeah, probably right. D.
1: Law three then conceal your intentions.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of, of, of the better laws. I
1: I, I like mm-hmm. this one. All right, here's what I initially thought. This is just something that I wrote in the book, like on this chapter. I said, why, why conceal my intentions? Plus, I'm planning to murder someone, or like, why put in all this work to try to confuse people around me? Like, I I don't think that I don't think this chapter gives solid enough reasoning. Just alone for like the work to be put into this, unless of course you're in a very peculiar circumstance where it's helpful to, I don't know, what does he say? Like make a smoke screen or leave red herrings mm. around me. It all seems like very romanticized. Mm. Like, like it's like a game and stuff. Gotcha. But, um, what are the positives of this chapter?
0: You know, try to convince me. I mean, I I like what he said about seduction because this is something I've, I've heard a lot. And I, I've seen it happen in, in in real life. People like you know just just not pretending at least not to be interested, having different intention intentions with the person. And of course, they their intention is to want to get into a romantic relationship with someone. And yeah, that's one of the um, um, the transgressions of this law it explains about a guy yeah. who was um wanting to seduce this woman, and he kept um giving her um. Uh, like just 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 a fake a, a gas screen i think is is what he called it um yeah. you know in, in front of him to to make her wonder oh what is he doing and why is he doing this does, does he like me does he not like me you know his his signals are all messed up so i can't make sense of what his intentions are so that makes her interested and it makes her want to keep guessing it it, it makes him seem mysterious and that okay, so. obviously brings interest out so I, I think i think that makes sense i I've, I've seen it happen people like just acting like they don't like someone and just being random all the time and just always, you know, of course being an attractive person who, you know, is friendly and stuff, but, but never obviously like being, you know, like I like you and I want to like, I want to love you, things like that. But I think this can be used in the, in the realm of seduction at least, which was, you know, the first, his, um the first part of this chapter. So yeah. yeah what, what, what are your, what are your thoughts on that? I
1: mean. I'm sort of like looking at this book as like sort of a, a a guide for me, as as far as like this chapter pretty much tells me to question other people's intentions because mm. some people uh, I don't know, just think life is a game where like I think some at some point in this book he says like life is like there's like an enemy sitting directly across from you or something like that.
0: They, they does it. Does that sound familiar to you? I mean, I. In one shot, I'll, I'll get to the law and what one of the sentences I thought was really funny later, which was something like that. But I mean, are, are you saying like, you know, he, <laughs> did you just not agree with this philosophy of like, you know, thinking like life is a game and just playing everyone? And
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's like the main struggle for me when I'm reading this book. It's hard for me to, I don't know, mm. read it in that way, but. All uh, right, for me, I'd say that this this is like a solid D or F tier because I think this is just like messing up communication. I feel like people are going to be applying this in scenarios where it shouldn't be applied. I think, yeah, in seduction, you know, you, you do whatever you want to do, All right. You do you and how you court, you know, your like a, the people you want to. But as far as in every other circumstance, like hiding your intentions, I don't see how that's something that's beneficial. I mean, I mean, he gives a good example, but right? yeah. I mean, the, the, again, everything's like war related or king related. So I would put this. Uh, I I'll say C or D.
0: C or D. Like, what do you think? I don't. know okay, like well, What What do you think? I, I guess in purely um, wanting to attain power, I think not letting other people know what you're going for or your intentions might be a good plan. Because if someone knows exactly what you're after and why you're doing it. And they know, like you know, like about you. You know, of course, like your goal, what your ambition is. It's very easy. It's it's, it's much easier. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I feel like maybe in, even in other scenarios, like, I like, I I don't want to keep bringing up running for like a political office, but but maybe something something like that. You know, maybe getting getting a, a promotion at work. Maybe maybe beating your um. Uh, you, you, your fellow employee at like um getting a getting a client, something like that. I feel like if people don't know exactly what you're after or why you're doing it, they have less information about it, and so they feel like they're better off. They might feel like they have to work less, or they feel like better about themselves. Um, and they feel like they don't have to work as much. Um, which gives you a a strategical advantage because of course they don't if they, if if someone doesn't know anything about you, right? You have a lot more power. You understand what I'm saying? Because 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 they don't know how, how to defend from what's coming if they don't know what your intentions are, because because if I know exactly why someone does what they what they're doing and they're in a competition with me. Right. I can find many ways to exploit. that. Yeah.
1: And in the, in the scenario where it's like competitive, I, I guess I can understand. But yeah, it, it's also dependent on situation, which I think is like another sort of problem that I have is like all these scenarios are stated as like the end all be all when it's very situational.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, what do you think on the ranking at least?
0: But okay. I mean, I I haven't even gotten to one of my biggest problems with this chapter, which is um, mm-hmm. it was, it was in part two, use smoke screens to disguise um your actions. And the example he used was a literal con artist scamming this guy out of like tens of thousands of dollars. and yeah. And I read that and I'm like, as entertaining as it was to read and be like, wow, Robert Greene is an interesting guy. It's like, is that really something I want to be or like an example I want to take and say like, oh, that was a good thing, right? He, he deceived this guy out of tens of thousands of dollars. I want to use this to my advantage in the future. Like, what's well, this is really the best example he can come up with on how to apply this law? Like, I, I understand that people promote this book as like, this is the truth. It doesn't matter what you think about it or how you feel. This is what happens in daily life. And so either you're part of it and you understand it and you use it to your advantage or you don't and you're left behind, right? All that kind of thing i see on the social media all the time about this book. But these kinds of things, like other than just knowing it and understanding that it happens, I don't see at all how I can like use this to any sort, like to my benefit. And it's just, it's just the example. He, he I'm surprised he couldn't have come up with any other better example to show like using a smoke screen to disguise your actions. Because th- this is a book on how to gain power, right? What kind of power th- 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 did this guy gain by making like a few thousand dollars from, from this like innocent businessman? You know, what I mean? like what kind of power or like fame did di- did he achieve? So I-, I I don't see how this is furthering Robert Greene's cause. Th- this might be well, g- good in a book about like human that's- nature.
1: That's-
0: what? I
1: said, I think he knows his audience when he's writing this book. And that, it's the type of people who aspire to be con artists from the, from the looks of it.
2: Yeah. But,
1: but yeah, I agree with that. It was definitely, you know, I think, when you think about it a little deeper, maybe it's not as like, I don't know. Why did he use this as an example? But it's definitely like uh, maybe the first awakening of uh, what this book promotes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I, I think other than that one example, in general, the things he says about setting a smokescreen, he says the simplest form of a smokescreen is facial expression behind a bland, unreadable exterior. And this this is where he loses me. Behind a bland, unreadable exterior, all sorts of mayhem can be planned without detection. <laughs> so, I mean, what, what he's... At the root, like what he's trying to get at, I completely understand. But the way it's worded and the intention like he thinks the reader is gonna have is like is like you know not it for me, right? That that the, the ultimate goal is, like why can't it be winning? Right? Why why can't it just be like getting to the next level by like um having a competitive advantage? It has to be about you know deception and, and foolery and scamming and conning and mayhem. Yeah. So yeah. I would give this a B tier. B? Yeah, I would give it a B. Mm-hmm. So what, 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 what would you give this? I'm going to
1: hard demote it. I'm, I'm going to put this in the C tier. C tier?
0: Okay. okay All right. Because, I mean,
1: from the sounds of it, you thought that half of the law was pretty good. The other half was so-so, and the example it gave was pretty bad.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah. that
1: sounds like a 70% to me. Yeah. At least. Right. So...
0: Okay, Under law number four. next law, yeah. this, this is something, I, yeah, law four is something I can completely, you know, get around, right? Always say less than necessary, right? When, you, when you're trying to press people with words, the more you say, the more common you appear, the less in control. Of course, like, and he also says, you know, the more you say, the higher chance you have of saying something foolish and stupid. That could, you know, let out more of your plan. This also has, um, I guess, is kind of connected to the previous law in terms of like concealing your intentions, and by not saying too much, you're also kind of doing that by extension. So yeah, yeah. What do you have, What do you have to say about this chapter?
1: Um. No, I actually thought this one was good because you, yeah, You definitely don't want to talk too much. I really like the example he gave of the Roman general, and you know, every he was revered. Everyone he was like respected. And then he started talking and everyone's like, oh, he's just like the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And yeah. then, yeah, his fall is pretty
1: good. Yeah, and yeah, that.
0: not talking, like, you know, gives an air of mystery around you and sets you <laughs> at, like a higher <laughs> position than most people. Because, yeah, because, of course, the the more you talk, the more you re- reveal about yourself and the more it's understood that, okay, you're, you're a normal person, right? You talk, you express yourself, you have all these emotions. But the less you talk, right, the more mysterious, the more appealing, I guess, you seem. So... Yeah. I don't have much to say against this. Um, of course, you know, part of like, he he doesn't explain, he doesn't even say this at all, but I think it connects a bit to stoicism maybe. Like a big part of stoicism is, um, you know, um, I'm pretty sure i read this in a book, but said y- you have one mouth, but you have two ears, right? Spend a lot of time listening, right? Don't talk as much. And so I, I know like the intention of like, you know, why why he says don't talk it's completely different than why the Stoics say don't talk, but yeah. <laughs> it's the theme of not talking
1: that, still, that it's is shared. Like, it's still like, okay, advice. You know, if you, again, if you boil off like the malintent, it's still like fair enough advice. Yeah. And if it's not, then at least it's like, it's a caution to you that there might be people out there, you know? Yeah. But no, yeah, I also don't have anything bad to say about this law. Um I wouldn't mind putting in an S tier so that there's at least one in S tier.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, I, I, I think for I think for S tier it has to like like transcend the thing. So I, okay. I, so I, I, think be A tier actually
1: good. Like no pity, no pity S tiers. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No, 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 no pity S. Even if there is an S tier, I, I think it's fine. I, I would put this yeah. at A tier, A tier, solid. I think it's a solid A tier.
1: Yeah, All right, there's no problems. You know. He obviously tried very hard on this chapter, so I'll give him an A. I'll be yeah. a nice teacher.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and there's nothing like, you know, with Madeline 10 or, like, you know, trying to deceive her. I mean, there – actually, there, there, there might be, you know, you and I. I don't know if I went over this again, but
1: – I mean, there is, but it's still, like, very nice You can extrapolate,
0: right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, A tier. Yeah, best so far. Law five. Yeah. This this
1: one, I'll
0: just let you take the floor mm-hmm. on this one. Okay. Um, so much depends on reputation. Guard it with your life. Reputation is the cornerstone of power. Th- th- through reputation alone, you can intimidate and win. Once it slips, however, you are vulnerable and will be attacked on all sides. In my opinion, this was a very strong chapter until the next chapter. So, yeah. Um, I mean... W-
1: I don't think there's too much to say on five, right? It's pretty like straightforward advice. It's just like make sure your reputation is intact. It's very important. I mean, A tier, right?
0: Yeah, I mean I mean yeah, I, I think I think this is a yeah, I mean maybe for something to talk about, he says, um, you know, once you have a, a high position, your reputation is stable. Make sure you ridicule other people and poke at their reputation, kinda like bring them down. Um, you know. <laughs> only when your reputation is stable though, right? Yeah, yeah. someone's someone stable ridiculing someone is is completely okay um as long as you don't do it too much and act like and you know make everyone feel like you're a bully. That's something yeah. I uh, I it, it's a, not bad for for Robert Greene for from what I've seen so far. Yeah. Ma- maybe it, it could be applicable. I don't see why it's maybe if you're in politics, I, it, it makes sense. But in yeah. in most scenarios nowadays, I I would um probably be against it. Uh, you, that reputation will protect, will protect you in the dangerous game of appearances, distracting the probing eyes of others from knowing what you are really like and giving you a degree of control over how the world judges you. And that is a powerful position um, to be in. So, yeah, yeah. Again, you know, just backing up the point that reputation is everything. Um, this is kind of like the line that, you know, Robert Greene had to put in to be like, Okay, you know you can just des- you can deceive other people if you have a strong yeah. reputation. You can play the game of appearances, and people will still know you for the good and noble and great person you are because you built that reputation. And so, mm-hmm. basically, what that's saying, um, yeah, yeah. Um, of course, classic things. You know, reputation comes first. Um, when when people think about you, the reputation is what's going to come to mind. Your reputation always precedes you and your actions. Yeah.
1: But so, now, on to chapter 6, which is, like, the antithesis of chapter 5, which I think we both agree is, like, good advice, even if he can, like, he tries to, like, make it edgy and stuff, but it's still, like, fundamentally sound advice. But then there's chapter 6.
0: Yeah, (laughs) which which greatly contradicts chapter 5. And I I don't know if he – I don't think he acknowledges it, uh, even in the reversal part, which is the last part of the chapter. But, yeah, court attention at all costs, basically saying – all publicity is is good publicity. What do you think? Well,
1: um, I thought that you were like very passionate about the contradiction here.
0: Yeah. Oh, you, you want me to start?
1: Yeah, I'll just give you the floor.
0: I'm like I'm. I was very confused because after chapter five, after law five, I was like, this, "This is going pretty good, right? Court attention at all costs." And I was reading it, and it and it, it kind of made sense. And it said like even slander, right? You should you should happily accept all slander on your name and even, even produce uh, mediocre, even produce bad work, right? Just so people will talk about you and your name will be out there and it'll be like on people's minds, right? Just, just do whatever you want. As long as people talk about you and you're, and you, and you know, you're famous and you know, like, so it, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. Like, like why you'd, um, you know, purposely, um, invite slander to your name just so people will talk about you. Like, isn't that directly hurting your reputation and directly contradicting what you just said? Like, there was literally a line that says, protect your reputation at all costs, no matter what. Your reputation is all you have, but also invite all kinds of slander to your name, just to be famous.
1: In chapter six, he literally gave an example of someone who was publishing stuff in the newspaper. Like, he was publishing slander on his own Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's literally the opposite of protecting your reputation at all costs.
0: So yeah, I I don't know if this is a, a key to power. I I understand um to an extent why people say all publicity is good publicity. I can I, I can't like really fully get behind that, but I I can understand where they're where they're coming from. Um, this this works especially well for. It's an int- A lot of the time when I was reading this book, I thought about Trump. Like throughout this in this entire chapter, um, out the court attention at all costs. It it was Trump man. Like, like he says like all kinds of things and some of the things he says, I'm like – same with Andrew Tate. This makes it – all these chapters make me think of Andrew Tate in some respect or another because he plays these games very well. The more I read this book, the more I'm like, wow, like Andrew Tate does this. He does the court attention at all costs better than anyone in recent history that I can remember. Everything he says is super controversial. He, he doesn't care if it brings slander to his name. He doesn't care if people, you know, he, he wants people to think he's good and he has noble things to say. But a lot of things he says, he knows he's going to get hate for and he willingly like, accepts it and he loves it. So but think about the reputation of Donald Trump and Andrew Tate right now. Yeah. Do they have a good reputation? It, it's because it's each one of them has a cult following that cannot be like shaken no matter what you say about them.
1: True, but just think about their overall reputation. yeah yeah the,
0: their, than, their their reputation's in the mud for sure, hundred percent. So. so, I mean, I
1: think get attention at all costs is applicable in some scenarios, mm-hmm. and it's definitely you know advice that you often hear.
0: Yeah, especially and on so social media. Yeah I, yeah, I I think the biggest thing is social media. Um, a lot of people now are talking about how the next billionaires are going to be content creators because with a lot, a lot of things being automated and a lot of jobs being taken over. A lot of talent right now. It's the people who can entertain and the people who can create content and you know keep us occupied in other aspects of our life. So for those kinds of people, um, and in and in, in the coming future, I think this is getting more and more applicable, right? Getting attention at all costs because yeah. now even from a lot of billionaires and millionaires, I'm I'm, I'm hearing the phrase um, an, an attention economy. The more attention you can get for yourself. More and the more eyes you can get around what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're selling, right? The more successful you're going to be, and so this is becoming more applicable, right? Getting attention at yeah. all costs.
1: I just don't think you can put it right next to a chapter that's about protecting your, exactly,
0: yeah, yeah your like, reputation no matter what. You just
1: can't put them right next to each other.
0: Yeah, so it's I, 100%. I, I think I think separately. For like, if this was said in a different way, I think mean we can give each of them. Um, an A tier or maybe this one, a B tier, but having them right next to each other with such a big contradiction, I, it, it's, it, it's hard to give either a, a high tier ranking. Yeah. So I'm mean, after, after I read this, I, I, reputation, the, the chapter on reputation went down to like a B and this one is like a C now because it's like get, getting bad attention. Cause, cause it, priming your brain, that reputation is everything. And reading a chapter of how you should, published articles slandering your own reputation i <laughs> yeah so it, yeah
1: i wonder what the like who the editor or like the editing team was for this book if there were like i mean there truly was one with all the fancy you know font and the sides and mm, yeah, yeah all that stuff but i don't know maybe, maybe we're both wrong or, like not
0: reading it correctly.
1: Mm, I don't, yeah, but, I but part,
0: but part two of this of um, cha- I actually forgot it was there until I flipped to the page. But um, part two of this chapter is create an air of mystery. I, I think this can be applied. This it, it's kind of repetitive because create an air of mystery um was already you know pretty well mentioned in the other chapter about hide your intentions and um, have a smoke screen yeah, smoke in front screen. of you. Yeah, it's like the same thing. So. Yeah, I, um, I like this line. People are, are enthralled by mystery because it invites constant interpretation. They never tire of it. The mysterious cannot be grasped, and what cannot be seized and consumed creates power. Yeah, so the so the more you can't you know interpret or explain something, the more powerful and and, and, and above you it seems. So I think it's pretty important. So this was this was explained in a pretty good way, and um, I think it makes a lot of sense. All right, and it's not like. Um, you know, deceptive and oh wait, there's okay, there's literally a line that says. Both, okay, of course it's gonna be. Deceptive. There's there's literally a line that says both artists and con artists understand the vital link between being mysterious and attracting interest. Yeah. So yeah. You know.
1: Okay. I mean, do you think Chapter Six is like on the same level as Chapter One or Three? Would you say? Uh, what
0: which was one or three again? Never outshine the master. Well, one was. Conceal.
1: One was to. to yeah. No. I'm folding. Never outshine the master. Never outshine the master. Uh, actually I'd say yeah. So I was trying to like put it in context with the other C tiers we have so far. But yeah, I'd, I'd say six is a solid C.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean I I I feel like with with the mystery Then create an air of mystery. I think this one I would have I would have it an A, which is part two of this, mm-hmm. and then part one yes. with um uh, you know court attention at all costs. It's like a C tier. So I guess the average is out at a B tier. So I guess as a whole, I'd have this chapter at a B tier.
1: I'll be a harsher grader. I think it's a C tier. C tier. Just because, like you said, the second chapter is sort of just rehashing the air of deception. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, make yourself mysterious. Don't show your intentions. You know, never show your hand. You know, be a con artist. All that stuff you said in other chapters.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, I mean, I I, I I do think he adds some unique on um, things. Like always do different things. Um, he, he has this on um, one paragraph. Um, here, uh, if you find yourself trapped, cornered, and on the defensive in some situation, try a simple experiment. Do something that cannot be easily explained or interpreted. Choose a simple action, but carry it out in a way that unsettles your opponent. A way with many possible interpretations, making your intentions obscure. Yeah, don't just be unpredictable um, create a scene that cannot be read. So I I was, I read that. I'm like, Hmm, that, that's, that, that might be applicable. Just doing something that sets your opponent off, um, you know, makes them feel like they have no idea what your intentions are. And this is something he could have said in the conceal your intentions, um, chapter. So I guess there is some overlap, but I do think there are some new ideas in this, um, which, you know, uh, makes it an interesting chapter. So part two of this chapter, I'd give an a here. So, okay. yeah, law seven.
1: Law awesome. seven. This is getting tiring. So much. There's a lot of Robert Greene for a day. Cause I read. I read these chapters today as well. Mm-hmm. At least uh, six through ten. But get others to do the work for you, but always take the credit. Yeah, this is this is like a do. This is what I said before. This is like a Dobert like comic strip. Like this is something that one of the characters. And Dover would
0: say, if you understand that reference. Yeah, you've yeah you you told me about that. Uh, yeah, this is this is probably the most Robert Green of um, the ten chapters. I I I don't think in um, I would be able to do this in in any fashion, especially now. And um, it, back then, I feel like it could definitely work because, um, you know, sealing documents is easy. Being deceitful is easy. Word doesn't spread around in two seconds the same way it does now, right? Now it's easy to prove things. You pull up like, like a word document, edit history, and we know who did all the work and who did nothing. And so it's very hard to conceal it now. Even if I wanted to, you probably could not nowadays back then it was, it was so simple. So I, I, and so, um, yeah, that, that's, all the examples he has, of course, about Thomas. It was interesting to learn about Thomas Edison and how he was not really a scientist and he was just a businessman who just, you know, mm-hmm. just found inventors and scientists around him and took credit for their inventions and their brilliance. And so mm-hmm. that was quite interesting. Is, is is it really necessary to do this to attain power? Probably not.
1: Mm-hmm. Something interesting that I thought, though, I think it was in chapter nine. Let's see, yeah, he, there's an example of. Actually, it could have been chapter eight, chapter eight or chapter nine. He gives another example of, I believe, someone was brought in to paint the ceiling of a church, right, as uh, artists do,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and he, he was given this task with like another person mm-hmm. who was obviously not skilled. Yeah, yeah, and they were just and, there because yeah. of their connections, right? Mm-hmm. And so instead of the good artist, instead of him throwing a fit to get the other guy kicked off the team, right, he's he pretending just, to be sick. You know, he was deceitful or whatever, and he got him like kicked off the team. Yeah, but if you think about it, that other guy who was there, he was trying to get, he was trying to get others to do all the work, and he was t- trying to take credit for it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. Because he wasn't going to work on the ceiling. He he didn't even like know how to do oh. like simple painting, is what the book was portraying it as. But look look who <laughs> won in that scenario. That's a very smart contradiction,
0: yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I I remember that it was like yeah, yeah. One was skilled, one was unskilled, and and the skilled guy wanted to prove that he was actually he was better than him, and you know he didn't want the other guy taking credit for his work because because the skilled guy knew of course that's what's gonna happen, and so he didn't he didn't want to share the honor and the glory, so he 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 like he pretended to be sick like for like you know a few weeks, yeah. and then the other guy did absolutely nothing, and they kicked him out and. The skilled guy just yeah said he magically became healthy all of a sudden started working on it and it became, uh, and he got a lot of fame for it. So
1: yeah, so there's a contradiction to law number seven, which was already kind of weak in my mm. opinion. Not in the fact that it's like a weak law. You know, I'm not trying to say like, oh, I would never do something as bad as this. I'm such a good person. Mm. What I'm saying is, yeah, like you said, it'd be hard to do stuff like this nowadays. Like to steal patents or to take ideas. Yeah, yeah, and not get instantly like thrown into the dungeon and social media
0: like maybe <laughs> be, be like, canceled yeah. But, but yeah I, I I think some of the ideas in here make a lot of sense he says um yeah, okay I'll, I'll I'll read this one paragraph that basically sums up the entire chapter right this is the essence of the law learn to get others to do the work for you while you take the credit and you appear to be of godlike strength and power if you think it important to do all the work yourself you'll never get far and you will suffer the fate of with the Balboas and the Teslas of the world. Find people with the skills and creativity you lack. Either hire them while putting your own name on top of theirs or find a way to take their work and make it your own. Their creativity thus becomes yours and you seem a genius to the world. So I think in terms of finding people who have skill sets that you don't have and working with them or just hiring them hiring them, and like, and being an honest person, being like, okay, you work for me, everything you do, Comes underneath my name because you work for me. It's the same thing politicians, the same thing CEOs of companies do, right? Like yeah. it's everyone underneath them does all the work, right? They're they're managerial people, but at the end of the day, when they're giving a press conference to people, and in, on the headlines of of CNBC, Sundar Pichai, um, CEO of Google, institutes a new plan to like make this great. Right, Elon Musk does this. Elon Musk builds the next rocket, even though it's a bunch of other mm-hmm. people who built the rocket. He didn't even touch the rocket, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So, I, I think yeah. there are many honest ways and like, um, to do this, but the way he explains it, 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 I don't even think it was necessary to explain it in this deceitful of a way. It doesn't even add anything yeah. to it, to be completely honest.
1: And the examples he gives, too, just like further backing up the sort of edgy way of going about this
0: yeah, yeah. There, there's no reason to be edgy around this right this is a lot of, and a lot of um, a lot of time like how things work in daily life so I think he took mm-hmm. it too edgy and deceitful and uh, being a bad person I, for no reason so I, I, I think I think in essence what he's trying to say in this is I would give like an a maybe even s but but how he explained it which is essentially what he thinks is the way to get power. By making everyone else do the work, but making sure their name is erased from the pages of history, and your name yeah. is at top because yeah, he literally says, um, uh, and, "and you appear to be of godlike strength and power." Like, what is that even supposed to mean? Godlike strength and power. <laughs> it's yeah, I I don't know what to make of how he explains very it. So, well, what do you think, then? Um. Oh here here's here's the line that gave me a good chuckle all right because it, it's he, it's it's the delivery again he says learn to use the knowledge of the past and you will look like a genius even when you're really even when you are really just a clever borrower that's literally the, the definition of learning that is the yeah. definition of learning using the knowledge of the past <laughs> and he worded it like it's it's you're being deceitful and you're like Stealing things from the past and like making it look like you're a genius, even though you're just a <clears throat> secret barber. He words things completely unnecessarily. Yeah, he does. So, <sighs> I mean,
1: due to those factors, and again, the, the uh, maybe minor contradiction in one of the later chapters, mm. I'm down to throw this into the C tier. What do you think?
0: I agree. I I would agree with that. I think I think C tier as well. because. Yeah, I mean, there's enough
1: substance in it to keep you out of the D tier trenches, you know? Yeah.
0: So, I yeah. Has, has, I don't think there's been an F tier yet. Yeah, has there? No. Okay.
1: okay. So far, there's nothing been too extreme. There's been one A and one D. Okay. And so okay. everything else is just in between. Yeah. So, law number eight. Make. Through.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Make other people come to you. Use bait if necessary. When you force the other person to act, you are the one in control. It is always better to make your opponent come to you, abandoning his own plans in the process. Lure him with fa- fabulous gains, then attack. You hold the cards. I, I want to know how you think this might be applied in today's <laughs> world. I, I, th- I thought about that this. I, so- <laughs> like, I wanted to come up with like a smart response of like you know how someone would apply this, but I I, I want to hear what you think. To be honest, I'm. Okay. That know. is
1: actually too funny because in every chapter so far, I've had like a little takeaway right? I just write takeaway and I just like wrote, you know, at least something that I can get from this, every chapter. Mm-hmm. I've been able to do it up to this point on well, this chapter. I just have a little question mark there. And I was going to ask you the same exact thing. Like, Prab, how, how do you apply this? Cause I honestly have no clue what to like take from this chapter and how to make it applicable. Yeah, if I'm not a war general, of course.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think, I think, I think, the most i can get from this is um keep yeah, th- this is this is what doesn't make sense cuz he tries to say get others to be on the defensive but if they're coming to you aren't they being on the attack mode yeah and aren't you on the I, defensive so, so I, mean, I, was, I, I i don't remember this chapter that much
1: and i didn't take anything yeah here's
0: here's here is a line Remember, the essence of power is the ability to keep the initiative, to get others to react to your moves, to keep your opponent and those around you on the defensive. When you make other people come to you, you suddenly become the one controlling the situation, and the one who has control has power. So, if if they're coming to you, I I I, I'm not really understanding how that puts them on the defensive. Maybe in terms of like. Yeah, I'm 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 re- I'm really not sure where to, how to how to approach this this law and how to um, go about applying this. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've been trying to think about maybe how to apply this in like the business world or I mean, maybe my personal world, but I don't think there's an application here.
0: Yeah, yeah, because I, 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 I can't it, say anything. it, it, it does theory. cause cause a lot of this is like making them come to your territory. He he says that word a lot, right? Like when you're in your territory, you're under control, you have power. I'm thinking, right? Like, what kind of place could I be in that is like my territory and can make someone feel intimidated or wear them out, retire them, or like, or a place that I would have more power over someone in a different situation? I, I, I don't see how. Yeah, again, I, I don't see how this can be applied today. I, I want to research about this and see what other people have to say because I, I truly would be interested. Um. So so yeah. Uh, if,
1: I think this. I think this is deserving of an F tier.
0: Like, you think F tier? I
1: couldn't take anything. I couldn't take
0: anything away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 he also um he 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 talks about pickpockets, and yeah, this was an interesting. It, it was a very interesting line. I I think maybe this this line itself might move it out of um F tier because because of the comedic value. He, he, um, yeah, this was a line before he said, if you can get other people to dig their own graves, why sweat yourself? And he said, what pickpockets do is that they, they set up signs all over the place that say, that say, beware of pickpockets. And when, and when people see those signs they automatically reach for their pockets and they're and like where all their valuables are to, to make sure it's like safe and that, you know, no one stole it. And then when they do that, the pickpockets automatically know, Right. Like you know where their valuables are, and they'll they'll and they'll they'll go steal it, right? <laughs> so I was like, okay, that, that sounds like kind of funny, and so yeah, that was
1: definitely interesting. But yeah, I, I don't, as uh, uh, since I'm not a very professional pickpocket at this stage of my <laughs> life, I don't I don't find it very applicable. So f
0: here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I I, I truly want to want to. Uh, kind of avoid giving, you know, F tiers before developing like a sound reasoning about a chapter and, you know, thinking about what examples, but I mean, I would give it a D just because, you know, I don't want to give it an F without, you know, being without, because if I, if I had truly understood this chapter and been like, okay, here are um, places where I can apply this, but I don't think it would make sense. Maybe then I would give it an F tier. But due to me not even able to come up with you know examples of how I could apply this, I, I'll give it a D it give, 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 give it the the benefit of doubt.'re you're saying you're saying this chapter is so confusing. No, right? but I, I, I want to give it the benefit of doubt that someone has figured out like a way to apply this or, or maybe you have thought about it in a way that I haven't. So I, I would really? like to do some research about this chapter. And there's um,
1: someone out there smarter than us that could apply this chapter. I wish you were my English teacher. Because if I was given a prompt, write a law about getting power, or write a law about that applies to a, a, a human's life, mm-hmm. and I submitted this chapter, I would get an F. <laughs> so based on that and the fact that I can literally not take a single thing away from this chapter, other than if I become a pickpocket, I need to put <laughs> signs. I'm giving this. An, I'm giving this an F. No, okay, okay, fair, fair. No sure. To not give it an F.
0: will <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll I'll give it a D because I, I don't see anything that stands out that I'm like okay that that's stupid that's bad I don't I, I don't see how I don't I, this this can't be applied in a good way so benefit of doubt D N- next chapter. It can't be applied at all it's a of chapter don't I, read it I, I like, don't know I'm okay. I'm looking to do it afterwards. yeah okay. yeah win through your actions never through argument this is probably the closest to S tier that we've had so far
1: you want to know why. Cause it's just like basic advice. Actions speak louder than words, probably. a picture is worth a thousand words. Except that the like, yeah. I
0: and
1: mean, what more needs to be said? I don't know. What what what?
0: what? I mean, I'm. I don't think I, I even highlighted any, anything in this chapter because it was it's basic. It's so right. self-explanatory, and um, yeah. Actions speak louder than words, right? Argument never works. Argument just makes you look stupid and uneducated. And even if you do try to argue, someone someone can use more words than you and argue better than you. So the only way to get ahead and to achieve power is to let your actions speak for you. So yeah, as I have nothing to say about this and I can apply this in any scenario possible,
1: I'm giving it an A tier cuz it doesn't add anything to the age true, old advice it just states it but it's a solid chapter yes
0: Sol- solid it. chapter i mean of course you talked about how Connor supply this and so so yeah, yeah it's Russian A-tier. dictators yeah A-tier. yeah finally
1: Law 10 the big 10 yeah. this okay this chapter has a specific line yeah, we'll get to the story after the law. I'll bring it up after the law. It'll be the, the okay. end of the episode, I guess. That's so good. law number 10, infection. Avoid the unhappy and unlucky. And in the judgment, he says that you can die from someone else's misery. And the emotional states are as infectious as diseases. I thought, I mean, that was interesting. I wonder if that's scientifically grounded, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, I think I, I agree with this. I remember reading about this in my psychology book, right? Um, this, it's, it's, it's a bit obvious, but I think the way he explained it and the way he delved into it and the example he gave, especially, was very good. Um, in my psychology textbook, it says, you know, the more depressed and unhappy people you you hang out with, the more likely you you are to become like them. So I guess in a way, it's an extension of the classic quote um, you're, you're the, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So yeah, this, this chapter makes, makes a lot of sense. Um, if you, if you hang out with, yeah, the example is about this lady who fell in love with many people and she was, um, and she basically broke up with every single one of them and just ruined their lives. And so as she, as she dated and broke up with each of these men, they all just became depressed and uh, she's worsened their lives in every sort of way.
1: She is wasn't really the one that ruined their lives and that's per se. Their lives just sort of just became ruined. Like they got infected with like just uh, the bad luck that she had. And I don't think she went out of the way to ruin any of their lives. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, just no, like, I, I yeah, I guess, I guess it's, just it's, it's the
0: aura around her or like – Yeah. It's not – yeah, yeah. Yeah, what, what, what was what was the interpretation? It was, um, hmm.
1: No, here's my problem. See, I had a problem with this example, and it was that it, the chapter never actually said what was wrong with her. It pretty much just said that she dated a bunch of really wealthy men, and none of the relationships worked out, and she broke up with them. But then all of them, their lives went on to be ruined. But it never actually like gave a. A reason behind that
0: yeah it, yeah. In, in the interpretation it says she's an infector and she has the infecting character type which stems from an What's inward that? instability that radiates outward drawing disaster upon itself so i guess she had an infecting character type that is the most bs I've heard.
1: <laughs> unless you he knew her personally then okay fair enough but i think this was like set in like the 1800s Okay, so unless there was, like, very thorough documentation about her character type, I feel like he's kind of pulling that from down under.
0: <laughs> you know, I, 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 was, I was wondering how, 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 like, in what, what, what 1848, there was so much documentation about a lady and, like, and how she fell in love. Just, just it doesn't, was she, like, a well-known lady? I, I, don't, I don't think so. She? Well, I think she was married to a king at some point. Mm, at least, yeah, but like, I, 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 I was surprised how much documentation there is of, like, every person she loved and slept with for like such a long period of time. I was a bit confused of of how they had that.
1: But So not even calling that into question, though. I mean, maybe there was really good documentation about her, but I feel like with the amount of people who have lived on this earth, there's bound to be like at least one person who's just very unlucky. They had a lot of affairs with a lot of people. None of them worked out. But then through like different circumstances, all the people that they had an affair with, they went on and their lives just got ruined. As it feels like it's something that will happen if you know enough people exist. He doesn't provide a good reason other than her character type. True, true, I point. agree. So that was my problem with this example. I don't feel like it actually really said anything definitive. It just provided an interesting, I don't know, view into this lady's like life. I don't
0: know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you've you've definitely changed my opinion about the example at least. I, I still think. Um, at its essence, what he's trying to say makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but his explanation of like why, maybe if he just said like negative people and unhappy. And I, I mean, it's not that, that the, the name of the chapter. Yeah. In it's, fact, a, avoid the unhappy and unlucky. Yeah. yeah. So I I guess what he's trying to say is avoid the, of course, the, the, the depressed, the people who want to bring you down, the people who just have bad luck around them at all times. Their aura is bad. Don't be around them because that'll spread to you very fast. But I think his explanation could be improved, especially in the example of this woman. Uh, I guess he doesn't give a, a definitive reason why this happened, or like you know what she did that could have caused this, or like why she had that thing. He basically just says she's an she has an infecting character type, so you don't want to hang out with people like that. Does he explain how you know they have that character type?
1: Um, if after they leave you, your life uh, is ruined. I guess. I mean, for me, I feel like in most chapters, the part that I enjoy and like, yeah, just the part that I enjoy the most and the, the part that I take the most away from is like the examples. I feel like this is, this chapter has been the only exception to that. And we're like, I didn't really enjoy the example. And I didn't actually take that much away from it.
2: Mm. But no,
1: yeah, it's strange. He doesn't like go into like why... I don't know if she brought downfall upon all these people, or why all these people like just suffered after they met her mm. and any way of like fi- figuring this out beforehand, you know? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, like,
0: so I, yeah. I guess after you've told me all these things, I'm thinking, I'm like, I think the reason I think this is a better chapter is because the th- the things I already know about this, this concept, this idea is like influencing how I feel about it because I, I, I know the, based on the chapter name that what he's going to explain is true. Right. I, like I, I understand that. Like when you hang out with miserable people, you become miserable. And if you're around happy and positive people, you become that way as well. It's it's infectious, as he says. But I think in terms of um, how to achieve power and um, the way he explains the examples and the reasoning could definitely be improved. So yeah, I, I for yeah in terms of this book, I'd say the way he explained it gives us um, a tier ranking of. See,
1: see, yeah, uh, I agree. I feel like you know again. There's substance in the chapter. It's just the example was not very good and it's not explained very well. But yeah. you know, if you try, you can still take something away from it. Yeah. It's not like a chapter eight per se. Yeah, there's still something to be ha- to be had.
2: Yeah. Okay,
1: and th- there were the first ten chapters just to run down the tier list so far. Chapter four and nine are A tiers, right? Chapter five is a B tier. And everything else was kind of mid. The mm-hmm. only one to to avoid really was chapter eight, which there was just not that much in it. There's nothing to be taken away, at least in our cases. And yeah. You know, if in your case you found something, you know, I, I agree, I'll look into what people are saying about chapter eight. But
0: Yeah, yes. So so person. overall the book so far, how do you how do you how do you feel about it? How how excited are you to keep reading?
1: Well, I mean, it's C tier or below just based off of all the chapters so far. And I feel like as a as a whole, that actually bumped the book up to a B just because, you know, I feel like if you read it, uh, I don't know, more as like a guide of like being cautious and like, you know, just an insight into maybe some, I don't know, malicious people's minds. Mm. I feel like it, it serves a purpose. Fair. I don't think it's the godsend book that some people uh, claim it to be.
0: But Yeah, I yeah. Know, I, I, I mean, there, there are some people like online. I don't know whether to believe them, but they're like, yeah, I've memorized every single law in this book and I follow it every day. And to be honest, I don't think publicly saying that even, even if you do follow it every day and you think it's helpful, I think publicly saying it just – It violates a law. Yeah, it, it violates multiple laws. It, it violates so, – they're capping, they're capping, so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, know no, that's funny, they're, yeah, so, they're, so, they're not publicly saying, like, they, like, publicly saying, being you, honest. you, you read, and you use the laws, is contradicting a lot of the book, and I think, <laughs> and I also think, like, if you publicly say it, like, it won't work, because people, because people know that that's what you're doing, they can see right through you, and they know your intentions, so, it is, yeah, yeah, that's interesting, I didn't think about that
1: so now, yeah okay, I'll, chapter 10 though chapter 10 before we wrap up wrap this up i have to bring this up so i was reading chapter 10 just like every other chapter and it, when i was getting to the end of the chapter i read this line and it made me stop reading and i was like there's no way that, the, that what i just read was written by robert green so i instantly took to my laptop and i started doing research and it was actually kind of funny right so the line i'm making reference to page 81 mm-hmm. It's in the middle, right? And I'll just read this portion of the sentence. It's after a semicolon, so I'll just read it. It says, only generous souls attain greatness. I was like, whoa, that was taken out of the wrong book. <laughs> like, what? does it to say that? Is it in On um, chapter 81, right above the little red blob, it's sort mm. right of in the middle. It's, at, and it's in the second sentence. He says, only generous souls attain greatness. So, I
0: mean. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah, I see that.
1: How generous are those pickpockets that he's making reference to? <laughs> Where was it? Like, I don't know. Wow. So I read that and I was just like completely blown away that that's a line in this book. And then I thought to myself, wait, I wonder if Robert Green is like, I don't know, maybe he runs like a charity or maybe he's made some charitable donations. So I went on my laptop and I started looking up uh, Robert Green charity, Robert Green philanthropist. Like all that stuff, just trying to find like something where he would, he had a generous soul at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. And honestly, I didn't find a single thing. So, I mean, maybe I, mean, I don't want to slander him, but yeah, I'll just leave it there.
0: I mean, I, I, anything I, 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 I don't even think it, it goes too far as to say like his generosity, it's just, <laughs> it, it's just contradicting his his previous chapters. I mean, may, maybe he says, um, if you're generous, you attain greatness but not necessarily power. Maybe, maybe like the past nine uh, nine chapters, it was just talking about um, how to uh, achieve power. You might not be a great person, but if you do these deceptive things, you'll become powerful, but not great. I don't know if he makes that distinction anywhere, but
1: that might be it. I don't know, but I'll say this. So this line again, only generous souls attain greatness. And my, my initial theory that Robert Green was not the person that wrote this line, I think was actually valid. Like, I think it was like validated. Because when I was looking at Robert Green charitable donations, a tweet came up like, in the search thing. I clicked on it. and It was a tweet from Robert Green. I'll just read it out loud. Being generous does not elicit gratitude, but it creates either a spoiled child or someone who resents behavior perceived as charity. <laughs> it's pretty much saying being generous doesn't create gratitude, it just makes spoiled people and or it creates people who don't like charity or people who resent behavior perceived as charity. Wow. So he pretty much in the street says like being generous has like no benefits. And then there are people in like the comments who are like, I just really sorry, but this one is so bullshit. <laughs> Generosity can produce profound gratitude in those with the right mindset. And, yeah, there's just a ton of comments like
0: that pretty much. <laughs> is, is, there, is there no one that literally quoted this, this line in the book in the, in the comment section? I, I would be surprised. I mean – You, you might be I right in, in your theory that he did not write this line in the book. Because
1: <laughs> I read this and I thought this is so out of place with everything else in the book. And then when I saw that tweet and it's like, again, the antithesis of this line. Like wow. I
2: thought
1: that was very funny. Again, another contradiction – in the 48 laws of power, I right?
0: guess. Yeah, so I, I I want I want to finish this pot off with with a new thing we're trying, which is kind kind of kind of these kind of fun little one minute, um, ranking or uh, tier ranking or just just not related to the main topic, but just a little intermission or a break. And for this time, yeah. we'll be doing it at the end. So okay, um, Kaden, I'll I'll give you a minute starting, um, once I um give you the question ask the question yeah, yeah. it's what are the top five highest grossing ios apps and this can include apps games anything <laughs> top five highest grossing start now oh, so i think i think it's grossing yeah grossing girl i said grossing yeah. okay okay
1: Now the time, the clock is on okay, okay. highest grossing apps is game no people spend money on game vision okay um what do people spend money on oh my gosh i don't play mobile games okay apps that apps
0: that, that, that bring in the most revenue Apps. Okay, Clash
1: Royale. No. Clash Royale. No. 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 <laughs> um, oh,
0: the pressure is on. I don't. I
1: don't. I don't play the apps. Um, apps game. I'm completely they, blanking. Apps. Yes, apps. apps. Game pigeon. Okay, no, no, game no. Kid, any
0: app, any app that, that you click on and go on.
1: What apps do people use? Okay, uh,
0: I don't know Chrome, Google Chrome. No, no, th- kid. Think, <laughs> so think, think, think games. So- think, think social media. Think. Clash of Plans, TikTok. No. TikTok, yes. TikTok's on there. Okay, Snapchat. TikTok's too. Snapchat. No, Snapchat's not on there. Instagram. Instagram. No.
1: What? That's like all the
0: social media that exists. Facebook, Facebook.
1: No. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. <laughs> Am I really only going to have TikTok? I'll give you 30 wow. more seconds. 30 more seconds. This is so intense. <laughs> I don't use like <laughs> chess.com. No. Caden, <laughs> think. What is your
0: favorite social media app?
1: I don't have social media. <sighs> uh, Messenger. No.
0: Caden, <laughs> th- I think I feel I feel, I feel like I've said every think, social media. Th- think think like think that. mobile games that are popular in Asia.
1: Oh, popular in Asia! Clash of Clans. No. League of Legends
0: <laughs> is that mobile? Time. I tried to help oh you so gosh. much. You want to hear it? Sure. Yeah. Number one, PUBG mobile. That's disgusting. No way. Uh, yes, it's it's very popular in in, in India and China. It's one point eight billion in revenue. Two is TikTok. All right, one point four billion. Okay. Three, I don't know how you didn't get this. It's YouTube. YouTube with one point oh six don't on billion.
1: YouTube, they use the
0: app. Yeah. That's weird. You you know that? Yeah. yeah. And then um four is Genshin Impact. And then and then five is very surprising. It's Tinder. People, wait! I thought it was free. I know. I mean, it's ads and app, so it's like it's revenue made from the app. Wow. So people, people be horny. (laughs) Tinder. I mean, wow! I don't think I had a chance. On that one. I'm 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 very disappointed you I I'm I surprised like I'm, I'm, I'm very surprised you did not See this is fun right I like this I'm very surprised you you didn't get um <laughs> PUBG and you didn't get YouTube Th- Those I didn't two get PUBG? Yeah, I mean do PUBG is very popular in like Asia
1: Well I'm not Indi- I'm not Indian or Asian like I don't
0: dude, know the what goes on over there new, man. Okay fair enough fair enough I I I I I am going to need need you to to prepare one of these for um episode 9 or next episode And and I'll have them too. On episode nine. All right. Yeah. So. Well, those were the first 10 laws of 40 laws of power. In the next episode, we'll do laws 11 through 16. So that was Foresight, Exploring Thought and Ambition with Provin Caden. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. Uh